all across CNY. It's the 315 with Brian Higgins. It is the 315. I am Brian Higgins. All the information remains factually correct as we uh, welcome you back on the program on this Wednesday afternoon. Stay tuned to the end of this segment. I have tickets to a thing that I'm going to give away. What is that thing? It is neither a sporting event or a concert. I'll tell you what it is at the end of this next segment. I have lacrosse tickets to give away at the end of the week. Lax opener a Saturday in the Dome against Vermont. Do promise Lax talk at the end of the week. We will get to that, and we will talk plenty of Lax over the course of uh, Gary Gate Season 2, of course. But uh, that for another day. Right now, we needed a little space, a little perspective. We needed like a week and a half to take a breath on this uh, this Bills season before we uh, before we came back and break it down, we bring in our next guest. She is Heather Prusak of News 4 in Buffalo, the CBS station there. And Heather, I think everyone kind of needed a deep breath after this Bills season. It, it, it had a lot. There was a lot of stuff that's happened here over the last four months. How, how do you, now, now that you take a step back for a week and a half, how, how do you put everything you saw here this year in perspective for us? Yeah, I, th- I think Bills fans needed, like, you know, like you said, kind of a week and a half to almost, like, debrief, take a deep breath kind of let the emotions, um, you know, come back to the surface, come back down to earth a little bit, um, because there's just, there's so much to digest, and then there's so much to kind of break down as the Bills turn their attention to the offseason now, because, um, you know, well, as much as it was a, you know, successful regular season, um you know, unfortunately, they picked, you know, it was the worst time to have your worst game of the season. And that's how, you know, the 2022 season comes to an end with um, a loss to the Bengals just kind of comes crashing down to earth there. So um, a lot to a lot of questions um, surrounding the team, a lot of questions um, about a bunch of different guys futures with the Bills as well. They have a ton of free agents that you know, they're going to have to make some really tough decisions on. And, um, you know, we now know what the salary cap is. But even before we knew what the number was, Brandon Bean said, look, we're, I already know we're going to be over it. So before they can really even do anything, they've got to get under that. And um, it, they, you know, they got a lot, of, a lot of tough things that they've got to do this offseason. Yeah, I mean, what, what can they do right now? Because, you know, we, we go back to like this time a year ago, and it's, you know, the 13 seconds, it's the whole thing. It's spending the whole offseason as Super Bowl favorites. It's spending a decent chunk of this season as Super Bowl favorites. And, and you, you know, you've got Josh Allen under a big contract. you got Steph Diggs under a big contract. Von Miller under a big contract. How, how do the Bills kind of reevaluate now that you end this season and you're not hitting this offseason as the Super Bowl favorite? Like right now, Kansas City, even though you beat them, like Kansas City and Cincinnati – they're going to go to the offseason saying, yeah, we're better than you. And the Bills can argue it, but like the Bills may be going into next year saying, okay, how do we improve from number three in the AFC? Yeah, you know, when you talk about what they've got to do, it's, um, you know, basically, and Brandon Bean even said this, and we kind of, before he even said it, I think we already knew that this was going to be the case. Is he's like, don't expect any big flash free agent signings like Von Miller was. He was it for um, you know this this past year and then and then this off season as well because of um, you know their tight cap situation. But um, they're going to have to do a number of things to uh, kind of retool, whether it's rework, restructure contracts, um, whether it's kind of get some of these like lower um, 
lower end like free agents or you know less expensive free agents for lack of better words but then also looking at the draft um they're going to have to really hit on some of these these high draft picks and then hope that their rookies from this past season are going to be able to take on even bigger roles uh in 2023 because you know we saw Kyrie Elam he was kind of rotating in and out. And then, um, you know, the second half of the season, James Cook was really, you know, solidifying um, a, a role in the offense and things like that. Um, but some of these other guys um, going into next season, they're going to have to rely on them a little bit more knowing that um, they don't have a ton of money that they're going to be able to spend. Uh, and, um, you know, they might not, they're going to lose a lot of guys that they're not going to be able to re-sign that played um, significant roles on this team. Yeah, I mean, you're now in to the point, right, that, like Josh Allen has signed the big contract, and, and you know, that's that's the give and take here, right? Like Kansas City figured out a way, at least in the early days, of Patrick Mahomes' big contract. It's not hit uh, the Bengals yet with Joe Burrow. But I, I guess you go back to that game, you know, a week and a half ago, and, you know, I think we all went into that weekend, Heather, and I don't know about you, like you see this game on the schedule and obviously the extenuating circumstances with DeMar Hamplin from the first time around. But, you know, everyone's excited for this game. It's supposed to be a close game. Now it's snowing. And that's that's a lot of fun. And then the Bills just got dominated. Like, how much does that hit them that, you know, that, that was not like the year before where you lost under just wild circumstances in a crazy game and you can say, man, we're right there to... Maybe, maybe we're not right there. Do, do you feel that's it in the team in any way? Yeah, I mean, I think it's tough because you you go from a, a playoff game that, you know, and you could even say, like, we sh- they should have won this game or, um, you know, we we lost by just a couple, you know, we, we like you said, we're right there at the end. Um, and it was back and forth and two great offenses, two of the best offenses going at it, and it's a shootout. and you know, back and forth and all this stuff. This game, they were never, they didn't even, they were never in this game. I mean, it just seemed like from the, the opening kickoff, like it was just, it was over. I mean, I mean, they, they were only down. I I believe they were only down 10 at halftime. If I remember correctly in this game and the Bengals game, but I mean, it seemed like, they were just it it was over by by the third quarter like that i mean it was just such a um it was they they played so uncharacteristically like i've just the whole season we've never seen them play that that poorly i don't think that this season they necessarily ever really played a, a quote unquote complete game on both sides of the ball but you know, this year they had games where it was like, hey, if the offense had some lapses, okay, well, you could count on the defense to get a turnover and, and kind of pick them up. And, all right, well, if the, the defense has given up a lot of points, all right, well, then Josh Allen on the other side is going to, you know, come back and, and lead a drive or whatever. Um, you know, even in Kansas City um, in the regular season, like Von Miller came up with some uh, huge pressures and Taron Johnson seals the deal with, um, you know, interception. This game, it was like, I just, you felt like they just, they didn't have it. Like they were just flat. And, and I think that, you know, the, the opening series, um, you know, the Bengals get the ball first and march down the field with ease. And uh, Joe Burrow throws a touchdown pass to Jamar Chase. And it was just like, I, I just feel like I remember sitting there in the press box being like, uh Oh, like this is gonna, this could get ugly real, 
real fast. Even when the Bills did score and it was 14-7, it felt like so much more than that. Um, So I think that it was just eye-opening in so many different ways. And I think for me, it, it was, you know, just looking at the drastic differences of the weapons that Joe Burrow has around him and what Josh Allen is surrounded by. I think that that was like one of the things that I came away from that game was like, they need to really put an emphasis um, in my opinion on, on a wide receiver. Like I would really like them to significantly upgrade in that position, which is difficult because, you know, Diggs is, you know, under that big contract, Josh Allen's um, major contract kicks and all that stuff. But, um, it's just it's just so different when you look at what these two quarterbacks are working with here and the Bills invest so much on their defensive line and so much on their defense and, and in the draft they've, you know, multiple first and second round picks on their D line and it just um consistently generating pressure just was an issue, especially when Von Miller went down. Um, and then you look at the other offense in the Bengals and say, man, he's just got, I mean, pick your poison. Like it's bang, 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 bang. Like no matter who you point out, any of these guys can make an impact and any of these guys can do significant damage. So I think like that was like the main thing that after that game, I was like, it, to me, it's just what, who these quarterbacks are surrounded by. Yeah, and you know, you look at the Bills and Heather Prusak of uh, CBS and Buffalo as our guest. And Heather, I think coming into this season, like Gabe Davis had that crazy playoffs last year, and I think everybody thought like a next step was coming. And he had a perfectly fine season, but you know, it was kind of high moments and, and disappearing acts. It was a lack of consistency. When you when you talk about weapons, do you do you think they they have it in a Davis or a McKenzie or a Khalil Shakir going forward or? Is it? It needs to be somebody else to go along with Diggs, and we we can get into you know how Diggs' season ended in a second. But do you think the guy's there, and it's just they need the next step, or or are these guys not really the answer right now? Uh, I mean, I think uh, when you talk about slot receiver, we'll start with Isaiah McKenzie. I mean, I think that that needs to be um, upgraded. That was just very inconsistent. Now they brought in Jamison Crowder, and of course he was just hurt for you know basically the entire season so we didn't get to see um if at all he could be an answer there or if he could consistently make an impact um you know they they kind of turned around and brought cole beasley back and you know tried to see if maybe there was a little bit of that uh josh allen cole beasley magic left there um but in my opinion it was it was like almost too little too late at that point you know they signed him to the practice squad in like uh, December. Um, so at that point, it's like, what do you expect the guy to do? Um, but, but the slot receiver position, just way too inconsistent and, and disappointing considering the kind of summer and preseason and training camp that we saw him have. I mean, he was one of the best players out there in the summer, like constantly making big plays, constantly making an impact there. Um, and then you look at the outside and, um, you know, it's kind of interesting because when um, I believe one of our pregame shows for Buffalo Kickoff Live, it kind of took a look at um, Gabe's numbers from last regular season to this regular season, and they were very similar. So when you look at it in terms of, of you know, the numbers, um, there wasn't too, too much of a difference. But what stood out to me was uh, the amount of, obviously, his targets went up, 
Um, and it was the amount of, of drops he had, the amount of incompletions that, you know, when he was targeted, that, you know, war, you know, balls that weren't going his way as far as actually catching the ball. Um, so I think that from that aspect, that kind of stood out to me of, like, there were a lot of expectations for him to be this significant contributor and, you know, being that solidified number two opposite of Diggs. And it just never, it just never felt like it was okay. He's going to be a you know consistent like a guy that opposing defensive coordinators is going to be like man like you know oh man I dig now you got to worry about Gabe Davis like this is going to be such a daunting task. Whereas you know I'm sure Leslie Frazier was saying that about facing the Bengals and what Joe Burrow has. So um, it's. I, I think Gabe Davis, like you know, he still has a lot of potential, but I just don't. They need they need an upgrade there um, on the outside. Uh, if they do decide, you know, if Jamison Crowder is back, you know, I'd be interested to see if he can, you know, do anything again. We just didn't get to really see any of it just because he was it was hurt so much. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just it's it's tough when. You know, you look at the teams ahead of them now uh, in the Bengals and the Chiefs, even from an offensive line perspective, too, and you're like, man, this is uh, this arms race in the conference. Look at what these two other teams are working with, and we have to somehow try to keep up with that. Yeah, I mean, the Bills are they're clearly in that group of the top three, but, man, the, the other two, when push came to shove this year, uh, showed what it was all about. In the mm-hmm. playoffs, for sure. Heather, last thing for you, and on Stefan Diggs, you know, a lot was made, you know, of his remarks after the season, you know, and upset about this and all that. It, do you view that now, a week and a half in hindsight? Was that just a guy blowing off steam, or, or is that any legit, you know, locker room worry with Steph Diggs right now? You know, I would not from a locker room perspective because, um, you know, we, we talked to, uh, you know, I even asked Josh Allen point blank, like, uh, was there any, um, you know, at any point this season, did you feel like you just weren't on the same page as him? And um, he said, you know, it it's not that. He said it's just that in certain games there just weren't those opportunities because opposing defenses are going to do everything in their power to take him away. And he was like, but but he ended it with, but I, I still need to get him the ball as much as possible. So it kind of kind of comes full circle here when you're talking about Diggs because, like, Diggs' frustration, wanting the ball. We saw him on the sidelines, very frustrated in that Bengals game, you know, talking to Josh Allen and quarterback's coach Joe Brady's on the bench with him and things like that. And it kind of comes full circle because, you know, you talk about this notion of, you know, wanting to get your best player and your best weapon the ball as much as possible but trying to balance it with not being reckless and not forcing it where you're going to get intercepted or throwing into like double, triple coverage, things like that. Um, but that goes back to also um, Josh needing more guys around him to where the defense sits there and says, oh, okay, well, we got to key in on this guy, this guy, this guy. But right now it's like just all dicks. So it kind of, um, you know, it all kind of connects in that way. Um, from But from a locker room perspective, um, it does not seem like to be anything that, um, you know, talking to guys, again, talking to Josh, talking to Brandon Bean, Sean McDermott, other players at Locker Clean Out, everyone just kind of 
echoed the same thing of like, look, Steph's a competitor. He wants to win. Um, I think Brandon even said like, I would rather have to cool a guy down than kind of pump someone up and almost make them care. Um, so it didn't seem like anything that anybody was worried about. Um, you know, no, no one had any, anything negative or anything bad to say uh, about that. Um, so, so from that perspective, no, um, but you know, as a captain, you would think that you would want to help your teammates kind of take some of the, uh, you want to maybe take some of the, the burden off of your teammates when it comes to, you know, having to talk and to the media and have tough questions to answer after a loss like that. So I think that was the only thing that I was like, okay, as a leader, as a captain, like maybe you should stick around after the game and, and help those guys. Uh, from that aspect, but it, from a locker room perspective, from a teammate and coach perspective, um, you know, no, no, uh, no kind of um, issues or um, you know strained relationships in that aspect. All right. Well, well, always something to keep an eye on in the off season. You know, you, <laughs> yeah. you just never know. It, it ended weird for him in Minnesota. I'd assume it'll be all good. Uh, when they get back together, but uh, it just doesn't help with social in the age of social media uh, no. as well. No. Everything is analyzed. Every little you know letter that is uh, tweeted or typed is analyzed in a hundred different ways, right? <laughs> uh, absolutely, absolutely. All right, Heather. Always good to chat bills with you. I'm sure we'll touch base when we get to free agency and uh, toward the draft. But uh, thanks for a good season recap. There, we'll we'll talk again soon. Awesome. Thanks, Brian. Talk to you later. Well, that's Heather Prusak of CBS out in Buffalo talking bills with you there on this hour brought to you by William Matar. Hurt in a car? Call William Matar at 444-4444.